Welcome to In Conversation with Ocean Physio. In our third series, we're talking to world-class coaches from across a variety of sports and exploring the methods they use to help others achieve their potential and learning why and how they do this. In our fourth episode, we're talking to the exceptional Olympic gold medal winning sailing coach, Ben Rhodes. Ben started his sailing journey in cadets, age seven, and got to national championships. He became second in the world, the youngest ever held. He then moved on to the 420s and then laser. And in 1999, he had a first and second in the nationals beating Ben Ainsley. In 2001, he moved into the 49ers with Stevie Morrison. 2003, they came sixth in the world championships and won their first gold in the Europeans. In 2006, they won bronze at the Worlds. 2007, became world champions and 2008 won silver. In 2008 Summer Olympics, they came ninth overall and went on to London 2012 and came fifth. Pretty impressive. So Ben, how does that sound when you hear it back? Uh, yeah, it feels um, strange. Like you don't, um, I, I don't really reflect that much on my own past, you know, like it's, uh, it's nice to hear. It's nice to always re- remind yourself of that and the journey you've kind of been on, I suppose. But yeah, no, it, it's um, different. <laughs> Funny to hear it. Yeah, I think it's, and lots of people have a similar, similar approach. When, you, when you're reading back, most, most of the people we've, we've talked to are actually really modest. And, and actually quite sort of, they don't necessarily want to sit and listen to all the wonderful things they've done, although they're great things they've done. So it's, and it varies, I think, from sport to sport and certainly from personality to personality, but it's pretty impressive. So it's also a little bit bittersweet as well. There's lots of times you look back and, and obviously you, from the outside, you may be, you know, people view it as really successful. You know, you could take our Olympic, you know, time in the Olympics as an athlete. It was you know, everyone's like, wow, you got to go to games, you know, you came fifth, you came ninth, whatever it was, you know, fantastic. But, you know, there's, we came away from that. So this, as you'd imagine, disappointed we didn't come away with a medal. And, and so it's, uh, yeah, I guess it's just different viewpoints, isn't it? Yeah, I think you always hold yourself more critically than probably everybody else. And, um, yeah. yeah, and that's probably part of, part of your makeup and yeah. part of being an athlete. You know, get, most athletes, what they do want to want to if they're good enough they want to win stuff don't they yeah, of course, yeah. they don't really normally get they just decide they want to turn up they're, you know yeah. so yeah it makes a lot of sense makes a lot of sense so Ben in terms of your sort of transition from athlete to coach how's that how did that work how did that start um I mean, the team that I work with and to start with is is amazing, and we've obviously been a part of it as athletes for a long time in the British Sailing Team. And um, and I think when you're involved with a an organisation like that, where where everybody is, you know, demanding such high standards of themselves and and there's such passion for it, it's quite a hard thing to step away from and walk away from. And so at the point where I sort of ended my career as an athlete, it was I was in a bit of a point where I had young kids about, you know, around just early on. And, and so I felt like I needed something uh, purely financially, I needed something fairly stable um, and something that I was good at. And it, it, it sounds bad, but that was kind of the, I suppose that was the in, immediate fit. Um, there were lots of options. I could have done some more professional sailing, big boat sailing, sort of that side of things. But, but there's something about being part of 
you know, a successful team and yeah. somebody that, you know, an organisation like that, that I don't know, I find really motivating. It's something I, I enjoy being a part of. Did you f- ever foresee yourself, when you were an athlete, did you ever foresee yourself, so the younger Ben, did you ever see yourself as coach? Uh, no, I don't think I did. Like, I, but I think as an athlete, well, cer- certainly as me as an athlete, I was very just in the present. It was just always, you know, how do I get better at this next bit? What's the next yeah. step sort of thing? I never really thought much beyond the next step. It was always, it was always <laughs> yeah. just that next event or the next yeah, yeah. It, um Yeah, I it, and to be totally honest, yeah, it was it was possibly a weakness. I think actually looking back, actually not um, looking a little further ahead. I think I got very blinkered with uh, the Olympic campaigning and that side of things, and just this sole goal of winning an Olympic medal that was just everything. And and I never really looked beyond it until suddenly it came a point where it's like, oh, hold on, this goal's possibly now, you know, like being realistic, it's not quite what yeah, it once yeah. was, and and I've got to look for something else. So yeah, so it came. I suppose it all came quite quickly. I had to make a decision fairly. There's also that little time where you probably I don't know this we'll, hopefully we'll find out where you where you probably start to reflect on what you might be able to give back to the the, the party team in terms of yeah and I those think elements was, I think it was more it was less so much what I could give back more sort of I guess my experiences of so one thing with sailing which I think's it's probably not unique because obviously I'm sure there's other sports similar, but you know, it really only became structured and professional and such when sort of lottery money became involved yeah. in UK yeah. sports. So, so really that sort of 2000 cycle was the first time. And even if you went back to there, it was very much, you had the big names, your Ben Ainsley's, your Ian Percy's, these, you know, the big names in the sport within our country and they run their program. And then the organization, the OAA and the sailing team very much just, backfield you know they yeah, actually came yeah. to assist them it was their program and it was just people stood on the side going how can we help and that's slowly transitioning away from that to more of what you'd expect in other sports where there's you know the, the sport has a bit more control of the direction yeah. and the same as the sort of like uh, assist uh, yeah effectively coached so i think the actual role of the coach especially is is just evolved massively in that period and um so my experience from i guess the 2004 cycle through to 2012 we were exposed to lots of different sort of coaches lots of different styles um and and i guess as i came out of it i felt like uh, yeah that experience stands me in good stead you know i felt mm. like there was a lot of things that i wanted to take from different coaches and and that i felt i could bring into it but there was also things that i felt that we could do a lot better and a lot differently from a you know like a bigger organization and then moving the, the actual sport forwards within this country so, yeah. and do you think that You've you've found a, a a style of coaching. Have you found a? Have you got an ethos? Have you got you know? I know two different questions. Yeah, maybe I there, think but... the style thing's really interesting. I think I do have a, a style. Um, it's it's very much working alongside the athlete. It's yeah. not um, at all. Um, but again, it 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 changes so much. Like so, I, when I first came in as a coach, I started working with the younger sailors and and development ones, I suppose. And in that sort of um, area, you have a lot more potential to effectively direct you know like yeah. this is yeah. you, you need to learn these skills i've been sailing to a high standard i know what those skills look like i've looked at lots of this sort of thing and it's easy to sort of coach yeah. that and almost teach that instructor i suppose and then as you get further on in the stage that i've been at most recently working with guys who are sailing at a better standard than i ever got to um and you know you you can't 
you, you, you know, you can't instruct them, you can't mm. tell them what to do because they're working at a higher level than you ever did. So then it's very much working alongside them is seeing where you can assist like different angles that they, different viewpoints and perspectives, I suppose, that they might not see from within their, their team, whether that's on the water or outside of their campaign and, and being that, I guess, that extra voice within the team. It's, so it's, uh, so I guess it's, it's, it's ever evolving. And the whole style thing. I, when I came in, I was very adamant. It's like this is how it should be done. This is what the coach should look like. Yeah, and then pretty quickly realised that they fell in a few of those holes. And I'm like, oh, actually, that wasn't. I should have been a bit more open to that. And I think actually understanding that it's it's comp- certainly within the system that we work in, it's so uh, individual because you can go about an Olympic campaign in a in a, in a same thing in so many different ways has to be right for that person yeah so the, yeah. the reality is the coach has to fit the athlete it can't almost be the other way around it can't be like an, a coach sort of saying this is how you win a link the gold medal fit to this profile it's, yeah. it's got to be the athlete sort of starting that that journey almost and then you're kind of filling in and hopefully steering them basically. that's nice actually that's a nice way of putting it uh, do you do you feel that the the, the system you work within gives you enough, so essentially I'm talking about the Hawaii at the moment, mm. does that give you enough scope to do? So can you be, can you be, could you be Maverick Ben and just go off and say, right, this is what we're going to do, or, or is, it, is it quite controlled? They give me a lot of freedom. Yeah, yeah, I think I've got a lot of freedom in that. The, pro, the biggest issue you face, and, and I think a lot of coaches do within the, within the sailing, is, is, is just how Maverick you go sort of thing, almost like you can... Because like I say, if you don't fit with a sailor... And your personalities clash, or your styles yeah. clash, or your ethos clash. Then, then you're not going to last as their coach. And yeah. so, so there's an element of doing what you believe is right and what's right by your values and yeah. your ethos. And there's also a actually you've got to kind of fit the system, you know, fit the sailor a little bit sort of thing. So it's so you've got to, and that's uh, that's such a balancing act, knowing how hard you can challenge them and push them, because obviously so much of coaching is challenging their views. Yeah, absolutely. And, and making you know effectively uncomfortable you know, decisions and stuff saying, yeah. well, I'm not sure this is right and challenging them on that. And, but you do that too often and you put yourself so far on the other side of the fence and you don't, you know, tell them why clearly enough that they, yeah. they pretty easily fall out with you and, just, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you're looking for a new job. Sure. You, that's, that's really interesting. You've just touched on something that, that has really resonated through uh, the last few podcasts, certainly with, with people we've been chatting to. And it's the why and f- I, I went away from, from the last one we did, and the big thing was why. What, what, you know, as coach, you're saying this, the athletes are going, great, but why? So if you're giving them the why, yeah. you're, you know, it, it may sound really maverick, it may sound like really out there, but actually this is the reason why, we're going to try this because, or yeah. we're going to... That's uh, really interesting because it has come up quite a few times. I mean, we do, we're, we're very fortunate um, that the RWA have really good structure to support coaches. So we do um, lots of CPD stuff and they get some incredibly sort of uh, either talented coaches or mentors or, or just people who are, um, work really high levels within education and stuff. And, yeah. uh, and, and so I've, I've sort of really sort of tried to soak up as much of that as possible. But there's the, the one thing that they've always sort of say is, you know, like, these sort of teams and how things work is you start with trust and you can't, you initially you've got to have that before you can go beyond that. Then you build alignment and that's where the, the why and that's the, this, these common 
they come and go almost like this is what we're trying to build and you put structure in to make sure that that's really clear yeah. and then you eventually get to the sort of autonomous side of things where yeah. people can go off and you know that they're still following the right path and and for i think within sailing the the fundamental bit of that is this alignment and that's the why that is the yeah. this is what we're trying to achieve this is the vision and we work really hard on you know within the planning because there's, there's so much scope you know to go off on a on a training day you know and, and you can't plan it in the same way that maybe you could do with uh, other sports maybe potentially even rugby or, or football or something where a, a, quite a lot more of the variables are controlled you know we can go and go right we definitely need to work on a light wind boat handling and you go for a training camp and it's blowing 20 knots every day and you're like well right that's out of the way so so that's um yeah so i think that alignment and having a real clear purpose and stuff is, is really important to get you through those those moments as you're talking about this, I'm thinking back to kind of when we first met and, and you know, you as the athlete, me as the physio, us being slightly out with, not out with the RYA, but, you know, we were, we were out in a little bit of the limb down here. Did that, did that thinking come through to the coaching you received at that time? Do you think there was that sort of background to it, that feel to it? Yeah, possibly. I mean, I, I, I think, again, that almost highlights just where the sport's got to now. Like, so back then it was me and Stevie, we had our programme. We thought you were the best person to assist us in that side of the campaign. And likewise, we had like the coaches and other side of things that came in. But, you know, it was very much ours to shape, you know. Yeah. We could decide yeah. how it looked and what events we did, what training we did. It, it really wasn't at all you know, pushed by the, the system. It wasn't, yeah. we weren't told to be in certain places. There were certain events you had to had perform to at clearly, but, um, but how you got there was very much up to, up to us. And, and whilst that's still the case, and I still believe that's, that's yeah. the right way to do it, now there's much more conversation about what that looks like and say so the yeah. coach can be on board yeah. and you can bring more squad boats in and, and basically maximise your resources a bit better. So. Really, this is probably a, a, a difficult one to answer. Do you think you'd have been a better athlete in this current system? Um, Do you think they'd have got more out of you or? I think I was quite one dimensional, like as, a, as an athlete, okay. like, um, I think probably me and Stevie would probably, Stevie probably would agree as well in that we, we clearly had our way and what we thought was right. And clearly that worked, you know, it had moments yeah, where it, it, it was right, but there were definitely times where I look at it now and I think, wow, I was, I was too close to some of these other ideas and I, and I think that that's where the system now would potentially open you to those, yeah, that different way of thinking, potentially somebody's doing something different, that sort of thing. Yeah. And there was, and there was, there's, there's, I guess you've always got, you've always got um, preferences, haven't you, in terms of how you approach something. So, so for me, the say, like, if you took the sailing as, you know, you've got the sort of tactical side of things, you've got yeah. the technical side of things, you've got the physical side of things. Like I was always, the tactical side, I thought that was really interesting, the how you actually get the boat around the course quickly, you know. Um, and then actually the sailing the boat, the physical, that side of things was my sort of biggest interest, I suppose. Um, whereas the technical side of it was, I understood it, but it was less interested in it. I, I didn't feel, felt it, I feel it made the difference, you know. I yes, think yeah, that was the yeah, thing yeah. That in pers- for me personally. Whereas Stevie was much more sat in that technical side of things. And that obviously complemented each other really mm. well. But within the system now, I suppose, we have, yeah, really clever guys, technical guys, that can effectively come out and, and I'm saying, look, this is the problem, this is what I'm seeing at the moment, and, they, and I, I can kind of let them go and... Brilliant, yeah. Like, yeah. Take, yeah. take that problem on almost, yeah. you know? And it's not that um, I haven't got ideas, but you, 
I think a lot of it now is you've got to sort of maximise the, the yeah the, the strengths within your team. You've got to you know use the people at the right point and yeah. and and that's definitely the benefit of the system now. We have these amazing resources to really smart people. That's really good to hear as well, <clears throat> and it, and it's really interesting to hear you talk about your your sort of feel and your your if you like your your sense of strengths and weaknesses even back then. It, that's is that more reflective? Is that you looking back? Yeah, or is sure. that, it is. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. At yeah. the time, I, I definitely was pretty oblivious to, <laughs> to the weaknesses. Hard to sell. This is what I'm good at. I, I keep doing that. Well, to be fair, let, let, let's be really honest. It stood you in pretty good stead, um, and this probably rolls on a little bit onto. Uh, and sometimes for athletes, this is a little bit harder to talk about. In terms of, if you like, regrets, we we know the highlights. You know, they're, yeah. they're, they're yeah. great things, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. We all know this. But in terms of like athlete regret, you've touched on it a little bit, you know, potentially Olympic cycle. Yeah. It's interesting because it's, too, it's twofold, isn't it? From an outcome, it's a regret. I think anybody involved with, with elites or any sport, really, you know, you've got to accept. You know, you generally learn most from your failure, don't you? That's, yeah. That's just yeah, a, a given thing. And, um, and so actually, so if you take our Beijing cycle, where we went in as one of the favourites and we came away well off winning a medal by the end. And, um, you know, that for me was absolutely devastating. You know, I feel like I really struggled and to the point where I, you know, contemplated sort of, like, that's enough. Like, I don't really want to be in the, put myself in this position again. But after, you know, a bit of time and you kind of get over it and you're like, no, actually, like, we could have done this different and we could have looked at this in this different ways. Then going into the 2012 cycle, the one thing that I was you know, I felt was my biggest weakness was uh, sort of like emotional control, I suppose. Yeah. And, um, and the, t- the teamwork between me and Steve, like, which funnily enough now is almost probably because of that experience is now the one thing that I push so really hard within with my teams and the coaching. But it was, uh, I don't think, you know, when things were good, it was great. You know, we, we were just really in sync and we wouldn't say too much together. It was just instinctive. Yeah, felt good. And then it got to, but if things started to go wrong, just our differing personalities, how we would react to those, um, I don't think complemented each other as well as it could have done. I don't think we got the best out of each other, yeah. basically, and, and situate, and, spe- and I think the responsibility lay more with me than with Stevie. I think Stevie was better at it, or a lot better than it than I was. And that was something certainly I took into the London cycle that I was you know, desperate to, yeah. to fix and do a better job of. And I definitely felt like, I, and it was one, actually I came away from the London cycle, even though, I felt we had less chance going into the London cycle of winning a gold medal. Um, actually, we came away way closer to winning a medal. You know, we could have won a medal on the final day if we yes, had fallen yeah, into place yeah. in the right way. And and actually, I came away from that that sort of campaign feeling much, I guess, much happier with myself, but also sort of prouder yeah. of where we got to almost. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like yeah, regrets. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you can ever really have regrets because you only ever learn off these things, don't you? But I think what is really interesting is. You, you had enough insight and probably a bit of assistance, but enough insight in yourself and in your makeup to realise that actually you needed to change something about you. And that's, that's, quite, that's quite introspective. You know, that's... Yeah, and, and I think that's, that is probably a pretty key skill within, you know, within, within our sport is because it's, it's less measurable. It's harder for, you know, somebody to sit on the on the sidelines and say oh well I think you know that's not quite right within your program because it's often these small details mm-hmm. that don't like I said they don't, they're not very measurable they're quite hard to pick up on uh, if you spend 
now the level of t- amount of time that I spent certainly with the guys that went to the games recently like the amount of time that I spent with them I was so in sync with them like you know we had microphones on the boat the whole time so every training session like I could hear even though I'm not communicating with them I could just hear the vibe in the boat I could hear yeah, the communication and, and all this sort of thing. so you just you feel so much more aware of, of, of what what's going on yeah. Yeah. yeah whereas back then there was certainly none of that and it's it's yeah so you and it and it like I say that certainly doesn't take away from that skill that we have, really, yeah. which was this yeah interesting. So so again, that's I mean it's a really nice little step into this next element of how much has, if you like, technology, and that's not just boat but technology generally or analysis. How much has that changed this last cycle for you with with your athletes? Um, yeah, we've. There's a lot of stuff now that the team is better supported by. We say like a bit like what I was talking about earlier with yeah. the, the tech support. Some of the guys, in fact, the local guy from Exmouth who was very successful, kind of heads it up now. Like called Adam May, and um, and there's people like him who's like really smart guys, and you can give these problems to. So, for instance, within the class of boat that I coach, the forty nine, which yeah. served, was um, the mast is quite a critical part of the of the speed side of things. And in theory, the boat's a one design, so everything you should be able to buy off the shelf should be identical, but as everything, it's there's variables yeah. there, of course, yeah. there's differences in, in tolerances. And, and so we met the, the system we've now got within the team to how we measure these things yeah. is, is unbelievable. It's way more than you could ever you know, have okay. access to okay. as an individual. Yeah. And certainly, you know, me and Stevie used to have a couple of trestles and some, you know, a load of dumbbells or whatever, you'd be hanging off there measuring bends and stuff. And, you know it's so crude whereas now it's yeah, it's yeah. much it's a much smarter system yeah. and, and i mean yeah so there's examples of that where it's moved on a huge amount um i still think like uh you can't a lot of this stuff um the technology is very much a, a case of validating almost what you think yeah. as opposed <clears> to sort of maybe directing your yeah. your thinking or your your program so certainly within my role in coaching like I can use the, the microphones because it just helps me understand a little bit more what's going on in the boat. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's obviously GPSs that we have on the mm-hmm. boats and that side of things. But most of the time, the tech doesn't tell you what you haven't already got a gut feel for, you yeah. know. It just, for me, it just validates that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just yeah, makes it yeah. much easier to have conversations with the athletes because you can often evidence things a little bit more. Yeah. So there's some really clever systems of, you know, uh, with the GPS of, whether to how much the tiller's moving, for instance, how much your steering's, how much the boat's rolling and moving and stuff, oh, yeah. and and again, it's it doesn't necessarily direct stuff, but it, and it's usually you can pick it up by eye or feel, you know, as a coach and watching stuff, but it just validates it, just evidences it. So you sit in a in a brief a debrief with these sailors and they say, oh no, I wasn't doing that, and you're like, well, I'm pretty sure you could do this. No, no, absolutely not. And then you can kind of go, well. Got you. Looking at this, you know, this would suggest that you could. <laughs> Got you, yeah, <laughs> nice. nice yeah. So uh, I think there's, yeah, for me that's, uh, and I don't know, maybe it's me, I, I, I think I've also got to be quite careful with it because I'm a bit of a, uh, I always believe the sort of feel stuff over, put that way higher than the, the tech side of things and I sometimes will miss possible tech opportunities. So that's definitely a weakness of mine, I think, like okay. shutting down on the tech side of it earlier, you know, like just because quite often, until it's refined, the amount of work and the time that it takes to get the answer yes. from that system yes. Yes. takes a long time. So. But I guess that's that's where it's quite nice now. If you've got that team around you who yes. says, look, yeah. well, actually, we'll do that. Yeah. You, you can put your hand up and say, look, this is what I'm interested in. 
can, exactly. can we make that happen? Yeah. So, I, I think I mean in a lot of in a, in a lot of sports, feel is a massive part of, you know, being in it and doing it, but also, coaching you are, you get a very good when you know your your athletes, you you get a, a a good feel for them as people, you get a good feel for them as athletes, and as you said, you you're trying to marry up the two. Um, and I guess what you what you maybe alluding to a little bit there with <clears throat> with the idea of like microphones and stuff is you get you get a better idea of how they are on the boat and how in sync they are and whether they just go really dry and cold when it's all going wrong or when it's going right or yeah and and then you've got an opportunity to then step in and go like guys is this is this working yeah how how do you pick crews <laughs> uh, or how don't you pick crews well um, it's Again, it's one of the uniqueness with the with the sport. Is I guess you it you from the outside you you'd be you'd go well that guy's the right size to say with him their right sort of experience levels they complement each other personalities yeah. perfect in the boat. The reality is, they come from a junior level. Yeah, they've bought equipment together. They've kind of so they're already sort of bought into their own campaigns almost like because the team doesn't own any of their own equipment and yeah. that side of things. It's really hard to shift people around into in teams yeah. you can you can lay seeds and sort of you know push hopefully work people and and it, but it's it's never a quick no, uh, no oh we need to do this it's and it's yeah it's one of the it's one of the biggest challenges i think we've got within the sport and it's uh, yeah there's so there's a situation in fact uh, when i first started to, um coaching and uh and i was working with some of the younger lads and i was absolutely adamant that there was one crew that would really see this different helm, but it took nearly sort of eight, ten months to make that a reality just by putting, I guess you almost have to set expectations and events and outcome events that yeah. make it almost so difficult for this, what were the one, the current setup to survive almost. Yeah. And fair enough, if they step up, then you get proven you're yeah. wrong almost, yeah. you know, you'll win-win. Yeah. But if it doesn't, then you've got an opportunity to sort of step in and say, look, currently you're not making the grade here. We, this is where we see your next step. Can you, would you consider it? And, and how, 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 how do you manage that? You know, in terms of, is that a conversation? Is yeah, that a... It's, it's, like I say, it's, it is just, it's just little discussions here and yeah. there. You're talking to management, you're talking to uh, physios, you're talking to these, yeah. um, psychologists, the whole, the whole package, you know, it's, we're all just trying to marry ideas up. And, and then the reality is it's just little discussions with the sailors to try and lay those seeds as to what might be the next step or you know do you see this as going all the way through to the next olympics is it a campaign beyond you know, yeah i've had conversations with some of my sailors at the moment the younger ones who are uh, just come out of university and it's sure. and they're less sort of uh, defined i suppose as a team they've been together a long not as long and um and so yeah yeah the whole time it's like is this realistic you know this guy's actually relatively old is is he going to be able to go this you know are you, are you matched up are your paths aligned almost you know yeah um, I, I guess that probably gets a little bit easier as they come into kind of almost senior rankings but because they, they all realise that look, this is the path we're on potentially and it, you know, without sounding too crass they all want to be in a boat in yeah. a GP boat don't they yeah. um, so if they're both working together well and sailing fast they're going to be in with the chance if they're not working well, together they're probably not going to be probably not going to be yeah. so yeah it's interesting it's a... I mean there was a really interesting situation in the Rio cycle actually and I was coaching uh, one of the boats that was <coughs> in running for, for to go to the games 
and it actually had the crew who went to the Tokyo Olympics and just won gold. So it had Stuart Biffle in the front of that boat with a different helm. And then Dylan, the helm from again who won gold this time round with Stu, was in a different boat and they were competing against each other. And actually I think if the system had allowed it and we'd had that freedom, I think the I was working with one team, the other there was another coach with the other. I think we would have, and we had, we had a really good relationship. It was not sort of that much animosity yeah, or competition yeah. between the two of us. Um, I felt that we could have just sat down and gone. Actually, I've got this issue with my parent. He would have said, "I've got this issue," which all yeah. came out after the games, yeah. and it would have been such a logical choice to have switched them over at that point and put the two, you know, the two yeah. teams. In. And yeah. clearly, you know, it, it so it ended up with. Uh, Stu and, and John didn't go to the games. Dylan went to the games, came. I think he came fifth. But you know, like, didn't you know there was always an issue within that team. You know, they, yeah. they, they weren't. They didn't complement each other basically, yeah. and and so almost instantly afterwards they split up and they would put them to get these two together. They did it on their own. You know, they saw that that yes, they, yeah, that's yeah. that's what they needed to complement their strengths or their weaknesses, and uh, and and clearly it was the right call. You know over the gold medal but it's a uh, but it's interesting because you look back and you just think oh if, if only you know like you we kind of knew it was there but you just didn't have you just don't have that sort of level of control yeah. to be able to move it around that's a big i mean that's that's again in retrospect isn't it in hindsight yeah. it's yeah. that reflection of wow what what could we is that is that something that is in you know the the teams or or <clears throat> GB sailing thinking is that how how you become a little bit more dictatorial I think about so, crews? Yeah, yeah. It's it's always a discussion that's going yeah. on, and in, and and we're much better now as an organisation at moving people across classes and stuff when they're not quite fitting or they've not um had opportunity. You know, they clearly there's a couple of guys above them in their class, but actually you'd be really suited to sailing this class. And, yeah. You know, so there's a bit more direction within it I suppose like that but it's like I said the biggest issue is 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 the amount of financial commitment that they've yeah. got as a pairing yeah. Yeah. Um, and and they just and you, and you and you never really know like how quick can so if they've got an issue can they solve it you know so like yes. with, yeah. with, with Dylan and Alan the guy who went to Rio they had an issue between the two of them where they didn't like I say they didn't complement each other that well you know um, and but they were working to address that they were aware of it yeah and as a coach, you're like, right, well, we, let's crack on and solve it. In, and so you've got two ways to do it, haven't you? You either fix the problem and you push on past, yep. or you yep. split them up and put somebody yeah. else yeah. in. Yeah. And um, so it's, it's, it's never clear cut. It's never, it's never that obvious. And, and I guess, again, it, it, it puts you in a quite a, a risky position if you're that one person sticking your neck out on the line to make that decision when it's ultimately, it, it, it is so sailor-led and so sailor-driven, it does have to come from them. Yeah. They have to have that, um, that final say, that buy-in to have total commitment and belief in in the, because otherwise it would it wouldn't be hard if you know the new partnership suddenly there's a little niggle here and there, oh, and it's too easy. Yeah. Well, and it's also too easy for them just to jump on the whole. Oh well, I didn't really want this. My coach kind of put me in that situation. Yes. Whereas if yes. it's driven by yeah. them, they've yeah. got the buy-in. They've got to make it work. And yeah. and a, a lot a lot of the coaching and the way they campaign now, is about. You know, you try and steer them towards something, but it's their decision. They make the call, so that they then have that commitment and the buy-in to the the outcome. You know. Yeah, it's a nice, really nice overview. It's a really nice overview of of, and we often talk about this in terms of physical physiotherapy. We talk about how the interaction is between coach, player, 
team, squad. And, you know, a coach might be saying that we'd, we'd really like this person back as soon as possible. Or actually, look, we want them to have as long as they need to get them back right, to get them on and do what they need to do. And that's in all, in all sports. And yeah. I've been very lucky to work with some, some amazing coaches over the years, uh, world-class coaches over the years. And I would say to a person, they're the ones who go, look, I want that person back right. I don't want them back next week nearly there. I want them back two weeks' time, or three weeks' time, whatever, on it. Um, so it's interesting. You, 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 you're very much driving it from that. This is, it has to be kind of athlete-led, and yes, and yeah. you know, and and that's that. I think that's pretty refreshing to hear. It's not. It's not what you always hear in sport. Yeah. Um, there's lots of discussions in in lots of sports about them being a little bit too coach-led at mm. the moment. Yes. Yeah. You know, coach dominates how everything happens, but actually, athletes, as we know, are humans, and they have a brain, and they they will do certain things the way you want them to, and certain things. You, you don't necessarily so, but it, 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 I think it also goes beyond that. It gets so that's the that's the getting the buy-in. That's the yeah, commitment yeah, to yeah. commitment to it and stuff. But you know, certainly in a sport like sailing, and and I'd imagine you know like uh, a lot of other decision-making sports, you know, you're on your own. Like when you're racing, yeah. they're on their own. They have yeah. to have that confidence in their you know backing themselves and their yeah. decisions. And like it's it's a habit, you know. You if you can start creating that from earlier on, yeah. and I think that was one thing that. You know, looking at me and Stevie, Stevie especially was really good at, you know, it was always like total confidence in, in our decisions and what we were yeah, making. Yep. And that showed on the racetrack. So even if you don't get the right decision, yeah. the, the way you attack it and the commitment that you put to it often means that you come out better than you would have done. Yes, yes. Like, yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's, it's a bit like that. So I think, that, yeah, there's a lot of, I think it's one of the biggest issues people make when they sort of almost step into the coaching world within sailing is they kind of come with this, this is how it should be done, this is what I want them to be able to do. Yeah. yeah. And actually, you really need them to be driving it, you know, you, you just try, you, the, and the really good guys, the really good coaches are the ones that sort of like get the answer they want, but with them having come up with, you know, said yeah, yeah, exactly. like that. <laughs> Ask the right question. Do, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. So in terms of, in terms of, the, and, I, and I'm, I'm not asking you to divulge what British sailing's culture is, but mm. there must be a fairly strong culture that's come up over what, three, the last three or four Olympic cycles. Where's that driven from? Where's that sort of... Is that, is that an en masse? Or is, it, is there, are there a couple of people who kind of really drive the culture? Uh, I think it's shifted quite a lot, actually. So, yeah, again, if you went back to Sydney, Athens, even up to Beijing, you had, like, superstars of the sports. Yeah. So you had your Ben Ainsley yeah. and people like that. Um, Sarah Ayton, there's lots of the big names, Shirley. And and they very much, they just had their own little silos. They were there. Yeah. They were their own team. You know, they had everything behind them, the backing. And for sure, when you got in a team at, you know, at the, at the Olympic Games, you know, you became Team GB and... You know, it's they they did chip in and they did want you know yeah. the team to perform on a whole, but it was all quite separated, you know, and it was it was very driven by them, and it's slowly like if you take it to this last games, it was it was a completely different environment in Tokyo. It was um, it was incredible like the the level of support through throughout the team. There was sort of no egos. It was um. There's guys that are clearly you, you clearly go to Olympic Games and there's going to be success and there's going to be failure sure. you know, within that and there's going to be and people are going to come away without you know the medal that they want and and yet within our team if you'd have come in and uh, sat in on it you know in an evening or have you 
you just struggled to tell guests who was doing well and who was doing badly and, and the you know the, the culture of support within yeah. that was yeah. like it, it was fantastic and I think that obviously that you need the athletes to drive that a little bit but it does also stem from the people that you employ and 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 I one thing that the team has done a really good job especially within the support staff say both physios uh, strength conditioning coaches people like that they've employed people who haven't got egos they've got guys who come in they're clearly are very very skilled and know that, that you know can back themselves that they're going to do a great job but they don't seem to have to prove it or like push their yeah. their field and their little thing and and that's where i think it's evolved to that this uh, right people isn't it exactly right yeah. people, right people yeah, yeah. Exactly that. and that's 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 really good to hear but actually this is a big squad rather than as you say lots of sort of individual silos it's a it's a good feel yes yeah. and it's something that then as you say the athletes are fully, fully immersed, fully bought in. So the next time they go out to wherever, you know, people are already talking to them about, you know, how they manage themselves, their discipline, their culture, their background, their, you know, and, 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 it, and it, it gradually spawns. Yeah, uh, exactly. Expenses, and, 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 and you definitely see that with the yeah. British sailing team. Like it's going, it, you know, that was obviously the elite guys that went to the, you know, to the games, but that's, it's just filtering down, you know, yeah, you can see it yeah. affecting the guys yeah. further down the programme. The real challenge you've got within our sport is, Obviously, only one boat from each class goes to the Olympic Games. Yeah, yeah. So you go from this big team. Let's let's you know push forwards. Let's make sure we get an Olympic medal as a, you know, as Great Britain, and then it gets to a point where actually it's like, no, this is just about me. I've got to be in that seat. I've got to be the person that goes there, yeah. and 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 the, so there's always yeah a load of disruption through trials, and there's no real way around it. Yeah. You know, like yeah. you, you hope that they take it as a. Um, not as a kind of I'm baffling them. I just want to be the best version yes, of myself, yes, and, yeah. and and that's the the ideal. But the reality is, you're often sharing coaches. You're share, you know sharing squad time, and and they've all got individual things that they need to be working on. Sure. Run up to it, sure. and and who's got control over the program? It just get it gets really. It can get really noisy, and that's and that that can break down culture pretty quickly. That yeah, needs <laughs> <laughs> some good some good calm heads. Yeah, yeah. good calm heads. Um, I I think there's. It's interesting how, the the so the the inference and implication of, things like psychology certainly, um, has changed in certain sports massively. But again, it's also just you knowing your athletes. So, for me, that for me the the one thing that I I always took away from. Sessions with with you and Stevie particularly, and a couple of the other crews, but you and Stevie particularly was you. You were very much look. We go and do stuff, and I'm talking about physically. We go and do stuff. We go and cycle a bit. We paddle a bit. We sail a bit. We run a bit. We do, you know, and I know that probably back then they they would, they would like to have been a bit more structured, in terms of becoming more physical athletes. Does that does that massively change? Has that massively changed over the years? I think it has changed yeah. a fair bit. You know, like if you look at the the forty nine squad now, yeah. they're physically they're way above where me and Stevie were. Yeah. You know, like um, we enjoyed <laughs> hobbies. That's good. And That's good. Ones. That's and, good. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah. I think anyone who knows me on the test is that I've been through a fair few hobbies, and I mean, I like to learn. I like to learn new stuff. I like to commit to things and, yeah. and do that sort of stuff. And uh, but now they're they are, you know, they're proper athletes. They're, it's yeah. quite impressive, you know. The, yeah, a lot of the, in fact, all the way through. For and and it's not prescriptive, but it's it, 
there is a, a level of expectation now that you're just not going to get to without the support that you've yeah. got. And, yeah. um, and it's 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 always about it's always about what makes them better in the boat. It's never a you need to be this strong or this yes, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, very much yeah. it's like no actually currently you, you you know as what I see in the boat this would have benefit you know if you're yeah. more explosive off you know trapeze whatever happens to yeah. be and that's where the, the strength conditioning coaches fit in so it, it definitely works the right way around now yeah. I think when it first yeah. came in it, it didn't necessarily work the right way around it was always like well let's make him this kind of guy make him a bit heavier yeah, a bit exactly. bigger or a bit yeah, like, yeah. So, well it actually doesn't really need that like, yeah. Um, yeah so now it definitely like there's it's yeah it works the right way around but there is again the, the resources and the facilities behind the athletes now is just fantastic like it makes it so much easier for them to achieve that there's also a little bit of more expectation for uh, the sailors to be based um, more in Weymouth now yes so yeah. me and Steve yeah. obviously being back in Exmouth would commute back and forwards yeah. so back then when the traffic wasn't so bad it was like an hour and a quarter's drive now it's like an hour and 45 whatever it is but it but most of the sailors rent houses and live in Weymouth, so uh, and we've obviously got all the facilities, the gyms and the physio access and that stuff all it's in Weymouth. Changes, so, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, so it's which is which you expect, I suppose, from professional sport. That's yeah. the way it's gone, yeah. and and not all not all of the the teams are like that, but certainly in more of your development stage, where you um, you're still yeah you're still getting to that that elite level. The expectation now is more that you are based a bit more. Down so there. that's time with athlete, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. <clears throat> Just trying to get as much. Yeah. Yeah. You, you look at like uh, like Hannah Mills, for instance. You know, our, now the, I think the most successful female sailor Britain's ever produced. Now having won her latest gold, she um she doesn't live in Weymouth. You know, she'll she in pool and stuff. But but yeah. she's achieved that standard. She knows what it takes to to get to that level. And and a lot of the training isn't based in Weymouth, so she doesn't need to, need do to be there. Yeah. Whereas the development people. We, they need time with the physios, they need time with the straight position coaches and the resources there. I think, I mean, it's, it's just and that in itself, having, having as I say, had a little bit of an insight into to where you guys were and kind of where you are now, uh, has, been, has been quite fascinating. And, you know, I was, I was only talking about this the other day to somebody, and it was like, we went through pretty much two full Olympic cycles together, but the time was, it, it was... And we would be probably quite different now. Is the, the time was when well actually I've got a tweak or a niggle with something rather than actually can we make can we make this better stronger? We had yes. moments where yeah. we did some of that, but but and even that evolved over probably eight years, yeah. um, <clears throat> which was pretty fascinating. But again, reflecting on what we could have done differently, well now we we'd approach it totally different. Absolutely, but, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it was all back then for, and again I think it's again it's totally athlete driven isn't it yeah. for me it was just yeah. I'm yeah. going to go and do this and, oh if something goes wrong I'll go and see you yeah. 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 Was, uh, try and sort it out yeah, yeah. it was uh, but it was never there was never any forethought like oh I could prep myself a bit better by doing this yeah and, uh, that's interesting in itself I think it's it, it's that it's that it's that progression and and we we all learn don't we we, we pick up thinkings and drivers and you know the, the system of the structure changes as well, and I, I think the the one thing that has always fascinated me is kind of who's the person who's got inside your head most? Who's the person who's really do you think has influenced you most? And that can be as from boy to man to athlete to coach. You know, who's is there is there is there a voice? Is there, or have there been voices? Well, I think the voices. Uh, initially, it would it would for sure be my dad. Just like yeah. um. 
and and actually probably Stevie's dad and and just and, and quite a few of the sort of people around this the ex sailing club yeah. you know the older uh, older generation or whatever you know, they but my dad especially you know he supported everything yeah. And, yeah and I mean he's still I mean he's sailing crazy you know he probably sails more than well he definitely sails more than I do like he's on the water all the time and it's yeah and so that was always a huge influence yeah, yeah. um I think in terms of sailors there was uh as an athlete there was uh, a chap called Andrew Simpson who uh, really unfortunately died um in a, an America's Cup accident and he set up there's a foundation set up for you know wow. support of him but he was in two Olympic or a couple of Olympic teams that I was involved with and and had raced against him and he was just a bigger than life personality yeah. you know, but just so passionate about sports but so interested in everybody like even though he's uh you know, almost well. He came away as a gold medalist in yeah. in Beijing. Um, you know, he he would be the sort of guy that would, you know, you'd see you at the dinghy park, come running over and ask you about your program. Oh, what, what is, where's your mask program at now? What yeah. sales are you looking at? And you'd want to look at rig shots and talk through stuff. And Love that. and and I think, yeah. So his enthusiasm for it and passion for it, like it's, it was pretty infectious. And I think that definitely drove stuff. And then in a coaching role, there's uh, there was our coach into into London, a guy called Paul Brotherton who we used to race against and he was, uh, whilst we didn't always see eye to eye, we, uh, we often had um, yeah, differences of opinion on things, a, a lot of the way, of the way Paul did things and uh, drove things I definitely have taken since then, you know, and whether, whether I've tried to emulate bits of him or not or yeah. actually avoid stuff that he did was one thing, but he, he was definitely pretty influential, like I said. That's, I mean, and, and it is, I think it's really nice to, be able to name check people you know it's um but it's often it's really interesting when somebody has you know somebody has and, I, and i've heard people say that not really i've kind of picked up snippets along the way and then when you sit somebody down you go but there must be somebody somewhere who's been that and, and often it, you know parents definitely when you're younger or, or siblings sometimes um and i know you've come from a, a, a particularly sort of a um Really hefty water based <laughs> based background, um, which I'm assuming is coming to the next generation as well. Um, but it, but again, it's that it's that it's that somebody who who just backs you no matter what. And as I say, it, it's often parental yeah. when you're younger because yeah. that's who it is. But those people throughout a journey who say, actually, do you know what? who who you're happy to take good or bad from. You know, you're kind of happy to get a pat on the back or maybe a little bit of constructive criticism about maybe something you could be doing better. Um, and most people have them, you know, somewhere along the line. Um, so, yeah, it's good. It's really good. What motivates you now, Ben? Where, where, do, you, where do you go? What's your, what's your drive now? Um, it's a really interesting question because up until, whatever it was, two months ago, the end of the Games, it was... Um, Obviously, it was always winning, you know, being part of the team that got to, you know, that ultimate goal of winning the Olympic gold medal. And then sort of like, it, I mean, it's a different different topic, I suppose, but the feeling of when you kind of get to the top of that mountain or whatever you want to call it, um, where do you go next? And the fit, like, because it felt like a bit like, felt like a bit like the feeling of winning was just like, this was incredible, you know, like work, being a part of stuff to get to this point for 20 odd years suddenly to achieve it or be a part of it was just like wow this is unbelievable and I reckon it lasts about 24 hours yeah back on and then and then sort of like suddenly like oh I'm still Ben uh, nothing's really changed uh, kind of what next 
<laughs> and um, and I, I think it's I, I'm I'm still really motivated by for the very reason I came in to work you know to take up the position of coaching within the yeah. BST of um, to keep evolving the squad and I still feel there's ways we can be more effective I think we could, you know just as uh, from a whole perspective so I, we we've done a very very good job of supporting the absolute elite guys that have got yeah. to the games um, clearly up the medal tally you know at previous games impressive. Would say that. Yeah. Uh, I feel that we can still do a better job of the legacy side of things and moving things forwards for the sort of the, the, the coming up generations and um, we're, we're fortunate in that we've got good funding and so it's kind of taken care of itself in that those sailors have been funded and been able to sort yes. of trail along and follow the, the top guys but I feel like that's that's something that can be done just be better, maybe more efficient, be better. You know, I feel like we can do a better job of that. And so, obviously, I'm really, really keen to repeat that feeling. Thank you. Like that's, like, that. uh, like that's, um, and I and I'm and I strongly believe we've got sailors within the system that can do that. Um, but I'm also really excited to sort of the whole leaving the program in a better place. You know, I feel like there is an opportunity to do that still. Like um, with me and nice. the younger guys. So. Just, just run me through that last week of Tokyo. <laughs> because I because I, I I get a sense of having looked at tables and little bits of snippets of information we could get at the time was that maybe your your crew weren't looking quite as good a spot as you'd hoped. We um we what did it start? Basically, in the run up to the game, so the week or two before, we were in tricky times. Like there were some decisions that we needed to make over equipment that we thought were clear, fairly clear cut, oh. that suddenly became very grey. Yeah. Um, and so we, fortunately the helm, Dylan, made some pretty big calls, like basically off his own back, so almost going back to this whole back Athlete, himself, yeah, yeah. Um, driven it, and, and we, both me and Stuart, got on board with this decision, and just, you know, it's always going to be the right call, because it's, you yep. know, we've made it, so... Um, so so the, the actual run-up was really not very smooth, so it was, you know, you weren't... I don't think we went in with this huge amount of confidence. But one thing that, you know, as in fact, I listened to another podcast that said it recently, but like that I really resonated with, which I think, which I really try and enforce with my sailors is, you know, confidence is variable, you know, it gets knocked, you know, you, you can't win everything. It's sailing, there's, it's, there's too many variables. It'll go up, it'll go down, whether you win or lose. And you can win or lose whether you're doing the right things or the wrong things, a bit like Rob said in your previous one. But, um, but one thing that you, you can't lose is that self-belief, you know, and that's just, that should be unwavering, you know, and, and, and actually the top guys, they have this, you know, this absolute self-belief and, and Stuart and Dylan just epitomised that. They, you know, we did the work, like from 2014, you know, 2014 onwards or the end of that sort of thing, I suppose more like 2016, 2017, yeah. where they, they really paired up. But essentially they did the work, they'd done the background, they, they'd, put themselves in a really strong position they worked really hard on their teamwork and their communication and their ability to perform under pressure you know which was a huge strength of theirs and so we went into the games and and even though it, they they were they were saying really well but there were f like five other teams were saying really well so it was just there was nothing in it you know so for the in fact the whole way through to the end of the games there was nothing in it between yeah. at least three teams but more like five most of the time wow. and and that ability just to keep repeating processes back yourself, just keep doing the things that you know that you're strong yeah, at and not fall off and have those, those days where, you know, you, you, 
just not quite switched on, or you just miss that moment and that opportunity's gone. Yeah. That that um, it's almost like an endurance, I suppose. Cause yeah. The, the, the yeah. event's a really funny one because it, compared to normal, you so normally we pack you know quite a lot of races into only a short period, relatively so, like four or five days. Yeah. Whereas the Olympics, you don't do as many races, and you have late rest days, and and it's all based on TV schedules. So. Uh, you're very fixed on the times that you can can't do stuff, but it ends up as a really long event with actually not as many of uh, as many races, races as we yeah. normally do. Yeah. So it obviously puts a much more emphasis on the ability to switch off and switch on. So you need to have this ability to totally switch off, recoup energy, yeah. and then at the right time engage and, and deliver on it. And and like I say, that was one thing that they they were unbelievable at. That's why they won the gold medal was because this ability to just you know, repeat processes, self-belief back themselves and manage their energy levels for it was, was truly incredible. Again, that, that whole thing about managing your energy levels is, fa- it is fascinating, isn't it? As you say, it's a, it's a, different, it's a different setup to, to, I was going to say, race few days. It's, you know, you, as, you've, as you've said. Were, were, were you all able to have downtime? Were you, were, no, were... no, no. Like, and I think that's where the, sort of the, the athlete coach differs sort of thing and yeah. support stuff like support staff and the coaches you're just on the whole time because in being on you give the opportunity the athlete the opportunity to switch, switch off. off so Perfect. like there's even stuff like where with the olympics it's just chaos like it's, it should be the simplest regatta in the world because there's less boats and it, but it turns into the most confusing the 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 rules and the regulations around everything from sort of security to Yes. Just requirements of what you have to do it as an athlete or as a coach. Sure. It's just crazy, and there's penalties for everything. So if you slip up on, or you've forgotten your accreditation on a day, or you you brought the you know you've taken a bit of equipment out of this secure area to get fixed without realizing, there's a pit, there's a penalty on all of these, and it will impact on your ability to win the medal at the end. And as a coach, that's the stuff you try and mitigate against. You, know, you yes, spend the yeah. whole time, yeah. like, but it's so stressful. Like you just on the whole time. Where's the, where's the athletes? You just want them on from that, you know, couple of hours before sure. through the event and then just to be able to totally box stuff off, debrief and switch off. And Sounds like you managed it pretty well overall. You yeah, know, I, the, I mean, the I, proof definitely, of the pudding. I definitely came out quite a lot grayer and <laughs> I was stressed, but um, no, it's, I mean, it's, yeah, it's fantastic to have been a part it's of great, it. isn't it, to be, to be that ingrained in, in a team's success, you know, it is, yeah. it is amazing. Ben, what would you, what would you, uh, and I like this as a question for, for lots of people, what, what would be the sort of the advice you'd give your younger self? <laughs> you um, know, knowing what you know now, is there stuff you would... I would encourage me to have been a bit more open to uh, different ways of thinking, different ideas, and I think I'd have gone about that by potentially... Um, putting myself in a coaching role at times. So like, I think some of the stuff that I've learned as a coach is, would have hugely in, like, you know, improved my ability to perform yeah. as, a, as a sailor, as an athlete. I think potentially doing a little bit more uh, variety in classes that I sailed as well. Yeah. And so he, I, we really encourage now all the sailors to sail more than just their Olympic class yeah. because you just pick these little bits of information. Oh, they do it this way in this class. Maybe I can bring that to... Okay another and and I, I i think that would be one thing that i would definitely you know yeah. i'd like to have 
Yeah, I'd go back and do. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not sure we're able to I, do well, that. I'm I'm not sure. that's the one thing. I think there's a whole list of things I'd love to have done differently. Like, I mean, again, the, if you go back to the physical side of things, uh, you know, like I, I liked school sports, but I was it, it wasn't my thing really. You know, I yeah. was you know I was in some of the teams, but it, it wasn't something I was really driven towards doing. And so, but I think lacking that background of uh, of school sports and physicality, I suppose, possibly then made the the injury side of things and just you know just how resilient and robust I was that was definitely an issue you know I think if I'd had like I look at the sailors I've got in my squad now yeah. and they're all they, they, they're just good sportsmen they can take on pretty much anything and they'll yeah. be fine they won't have to get injured you know they can take it on whereas I was just so specific all I wanted to do was go sailing and that was just probably the well you would have seen the honest shape <laughs> <better. laughs> at the end of it I think you two were pretty hard on yourself uh, back then, <laughs> but I think that definitely in terms of like long-term athlete development, we get to see, particularly some of the, the squad come to, you know, we're at uni and we get to see the squad rock up and they're, they're just big kids, some of them, you know, they, they haven't started to really grow and develop and, and we try and get them into programmes fairly quickly and then that's obviously back by, by the RYA or British Sailing. And actually, it's amazing how those people who, who, who take that on board and get an enjoyment out of that being part of who they are. And some people don't, you know, some people yeah. don't. Some people, that's not really what they want to do. But, you know, once they start to feel that that actually has a part to play in their, again, it's the why. Why are we doing this? Well, yeah. we're trying to make you able to endure more, be able to put you under a little bit more pressure physically. There's the mental side as well. But actually, when you see those, I'm not sure I can necessarily pick the best sailors, but we could start to pick the, the people who buy in to, um, if you like, the physical side of it uh, and start to take ownership themselves of, of who they are as the athlete physically. And that, that, to us, is really important for any athlete. So when you start that, you don't want to have, you don't want to have little, little ones. You want them to be exploring life and growing up, climbing stuff and falling yeah. off stuff and doing stuff. That's great. That's what it should, I think it should be. But as they develop, you really want to, them to, they want, to, you want them to take ownership of who they are physically. And, yeah. um, and so again, it's, if you get, you know, I know you played quite a lot and you did quite a lot when you are younger, but when you, when you get to that sort of stage, Again, the athlete has to understand why you're trying to input what you're inputting. It's just, we don't want to turn you all into these behemoth, muscly people. It doesn't work. So, so again, it is quite, it's, it's interesting when you've, you, you come from a side where you're going, actually, that wasn't necessarily what I was interested in. Your interests were in other things. Yeah. And, and you I happen to be good at what you did. So Exactly. And I think this then comes down to that, me being so caught up in the present. You know, like it was, yeah. it was all just... I, I'm, I'm, I know I am one of the fastest crews in the world, you know, at the time of the yep. sailing. I, like, I, I knew that. I was more agile. I was like, well, what else? What, what's this going to bring a little bit? You know, like there's loads of other areas of our campaign that I 100% need to focus on. Yeah. I don't believe this is one of them. But if somebody had said, if you don't address some of this stuff, you could have an issue in a couple of years' time. You know, it's going to really hinder your longevity as an athlete. It may have been a different story. I don't know because it, it definitely got to a point where I was just like the London cycle. I was just fighting injury and, yeah. and issues, you know. And I'm sure if I'd have paid a bit more attention earlier on and, yeah. and you know had that bit of better foundation, yeah, I may have missed, you know, got, been better off and avoided those issues. But. 
Well, as you say, that's something that that you you as coach can can you know gently sit down with somebody who's maybe not as interested yeah. or keen and go look. Actually, this might give you an extra Olympic cycle. Or yeah, it might absolutely. Give you, I mean, they're, ultimately, they're they're all sailors because they love sailing. Perfect. You know, love that. They absolutely love it, and anything that takes them, you know, away their time from sailing is you. You need a good why. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> it's a big why, isn't yeah, it? <laughs> yeah, it's a good reason, and. Uh, and for me, it needed a massive why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Ben, we've had the, the sort of why and the how. What I'm really thinking of now is what, 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 what motivates you? What's going to motivate you for this next, let's say, Olympic cycle or that next bit of drive to get that next squad to go? How does that, how, what, where's that, what's going to juice you up? You know, what's going to take you there? I think there's, you know, the, this, last, this last cycle has been quite interesting and um, I've learned a lot in terms of my philosophies and how I've worked with people and the different teams that I've worked with. And I, and I, I guess it's, it's just this classic evolution. I want to yeah. put some of that stuff into practice this next cycle. I feel there's a, there's a lot that needs to be done uh, so lower down the programme, sort of yeah. to, to link those, you know, the teams lining up for 2028, um, more than, more, even more so than the 2024 programme. I, I genuinely believe the guys we've got in the system at the moment are more than capable of repeating what we've achieved in Tokyo. So the, 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 you mean the teams right there? Yeah, yeah the yeah. teams that we've got, certainly the sailors within, that, within the squad, that, that there's definitely potential to repeat that again. It, I mean, don't get me wrong, it'd be a huge, huge uh, task and it'll be a massive um, achievement if we do manage to repeat that, but... But the uh, the bigger thinking is almost actually beyond that, and yeah. and I feel that we've yeah there's still work to be done there in in terms of uh, bringing those younger sailors through. So that that that's the thing you you kind of feel you can get your teeth into and I think so yeah help like, drive forwards yeah um I, it was something it was one of the reasons I really sort of took the job initially it was something that I felt that as a program we've done a very good job with the top end guys but maybe you know um. And, and hope that the, the younger guy will get sucked along with that success, which it definitely does do. But there's also moments where you end up as this big system and you have people in the system that are sort of middle ground and they almost block some of the younger things. And so I just think it needs a little bit more strategy and a bit more planning around that to help those, those potentially those real gifted ones coming in at the lower end to fast track them up to the top a bit quicker. That sounds fantastic. So, so we're not just now talking about four years, we're talking about eight years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> so. it's, I guess it's uh, all Olympic sport. You, you could, obviously, you can only really work on the immediate side of because course. that's what of your course. funding covers you. So you've always got to be, that's got to be the primary focus. But, you know, you, you've also got a lot beyond it, you know. You've got, yeah. you've got to keep, yeah, have the sights higher. Set the bar high, you know, and you start on a massive high uh, as part of this, as this coaching journey. And it's brilliant. I think it's it sounds fantastic. That we we wish you all the best with it. Obviously, we will keep watching and listening. Um, and if there's any other little nuggets that come along, please feel free to come and share them because we'd love to hear them. Uh, but Ben, thank you very much for your time. A massive congratulations on the on the last cycle. I know we've already moved on, really. Um, but it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Lee. What I've taken away from our conversation is that Ben has a drive and willingness to keep learning. He loves being part of a team, and I think perhaps he's even surprised himself with his direction from being a very focused, in-the-moment athlete to a bigger-picture coach, which in itself is a massive transition. He's really taken on board how athletes think and feel, and I think he's becoming a world-class facilitator. 
Importantly, he has an amazing support team professionally and at home, and I know he still has a love for sailing and enjoys what he does. I'd like to thank Ben, his family and friends, and British Sailing for allowing Ben to continue this amazing journey, of which I'm sure there's more to come. Ben, I too salute Magpies.